For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We've all seen the pictures. We've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17. We've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Uh, News Talk 550 KTSA. I'm Sean. This is, this is the Sean Show. My dumb little show here. 210-599-5555. Back to the S-Storm. That was a long day of the of news watching, wasn't it, yesterday? Wasn't that a long, torturous, just a long, well, I'm not going to use the word torture, because let's reserve that for the folks who are losing their lives in, in, in Afghanistan. They're the ones who know what torture is. That was a long, damn day of news watching yesterday. We have a Pentagon briefing coming up, Chris, that we're going to try to go to live whenever that happens. Uh, and I'll, I, I'll try not to, uh, spark my defibrillator here watching this stuff. I, I had to check out at some point yesterday. It was, you know, whether you talk about Lloyd Austin and Mark Milley, General, General Mark Milley, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, who gave a, a, a press con or a briefing yesterday, if you can call it that. Uh, I, you know, there have been no hostile interactions with the Taliban. <laughs> you know, I, I, it, it it's, uh, they're basically, they said, well, we can't get to you outside the airport. We can't get to you outside of the airport. Uh, and, and I don't know if you watched it, but both of them, Chris, did you see that both of them had sort of that look like this vacuous look in their eyes? Like somewhere in their noggins, they're not believing the bull crap that's coming out of their mouths either. I'm being honest. You know, uh, I they both just had this look of pure stupidity in their eyes. I don't want to lie to that. Do you want to lie to that? <laughs> right, interrupting each other to lie about it. General, why don't you lie about this part of it? Okay, so I'm running out of bull crap. And <laughs> I mean, I'm texting Trey, and I'm using the F word <laughs> in all caps. And I'm like, "Can you blanking believe what you're hearing here? Can you believe a guy with that much that much ribbon and medals on his uniform there is saying is looking into the camera and saying this crap?" Uh, and then we, uh, we, then we shift from that to freaking Biden and his COVID speech, which made me want to barf. Apparently our government, apparently Joe Biden cares about kids. You know, we got to protect our kids with this mask thing. So I'm going after these governors, these evil governors and about against the mask mandates. Because, man, it's all about protecting kids. And, you know, I'm sitting there with the images in my mind of that little baby being passed through the hands in Kabul towards the, the, the fence with the barbed wire over the top. 
I'm seeing that video in my mind of that woman who is bloodied and lying on the ground, and somebody picked up her kid, and her kid is limp, and he's got blood all over his head. And I'm sorry, you care about the kids? Really? Uh, and, and then we move into uh, the George Stephanopoulos, the clips in the George Stephanopoulos interview. George Stephanopoulos is a butt wipe. Can I just say that? You know what? He, you know what he is. You know what George Stephanopoulos? He's about this tall. Don Morgan. He's, a, he's he looks like something you could turn upside down and clean your toilet with. I don't know why that schmuck's been on TV for as long as he has. <laughs> he's a butt wipe. He resembles man. a toilet brush. He, you could use him as a toilet brush. <laughs> and a he, he, he would have more purpose. <laughs> Just to be clear, those two aren't interchangeable, yeah, the butt wipe yeah, and the toilet brush. You could use both or him for both, you know. Right. If you have a condition. <laughs> Even if you don't. What a schmuck that guy is. And he's talking to Biden and Biden. We just played the audio. Hey, champ. Hey, corn pop. This Afghanistan thing's already four or five days old. I can't believe we're still talking about it. Was, Are you really going to ask me about that? That was so Monday. Oh, that was so Monday. I need some sedatives. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing the doctor tomorrow, and I'm going to ask her for some sedatives. Can I get some sedatives? Can I get a sedative that I can take? I can't do anything else, so I need some sedatives, man. <laughs> I need some tranks. You know, you, I'm just being honest with you. You and Trey Ware. Me, Trey, with man, was he lit up today? He was. Lit. I walked in here at three thirty this morning, and he he was ready to go. He, he was. was. Yeah, he was, Dude, like he was wound, wanting to go on the air right then and there. I, I came in, and the lights were blinking. He was yeah. like, you know, sucking the electricity out of the walls. He was. He was. He was lit up, man. Right. We both need some <laughs> need some tranks, man. Because I I did I I was I was watching that stuff because you know my wife is is home now and she's working for the bank at home. Uh, she has her desk set up in the bedroom. She's on the phone all day. She's doing like customer service. So she took your old spot. She took my old spot. Yeah. So she's kind of doing what I was doing last year. Right. And I have to remember that she's on the phone talking to bank customers. And I'm in the living room, and I am just screaming the F-bomb. I am scr- I couldn't believe what I was hearing. <sighs> that having been said, uh, it is another breaking news story that apparently Jennifer Lopez grabbed Ben Affleck's ass uh, in Santa Monica yesterday. Just want to make sure we don't let that slip by. Probably asked her to. Probably paid her to. Yeah. Gave her a damn ring. How much? <laughs> That's what people do. You want Jayla to touch your butt, give her a ring. Yeah. And I don't mean on the telephone. <laughs> trip the Tiffany's might be. Right. I mean, something you got to dig out of a mountain in South Africa. Okay, that's what you got to give her. And you better you better require a wheelbarrow. Yeah. And she'll touch your butt. 210-599-5555. I am. I'm losing it, man. Right. I'm waiting so, for the frogs and the locusts. Did Sirius stick her head out of the bedroom door and shh. Mr. John, would you stop screaming the F word? I'm trying to work. She doesn't actually talk like that. Here's uh, Patrick. How you doing, Patrick? Hey, veteran here, Afghanistan, after hmm. action review time. I hate the concept of an AAR, but it's a, it's a good tool for figuring out what went right and what went wrong and how not to repeat it next time. But, uh, you know, the Afghan government was supposed to be paying these uh, soldiers, the Afghan National Army that we spend all this time and effort and money and blood to train. And 
some of those guys hadn't been paid like three or four months. So I heard that, that yeah. Uh, that affects your morale. Now, say what you want about the Taliban, but they got some kind of payroll system going on where those little guys walking around in the sandals and black pajamas or whatever it is, they were getting paid. They were getting money from the opium trade or whatever. Right. And the Taliban, as bad as they were, the little village people could do, not, you know, sounds like they're the band, but the village peasant could go to the Taliban and say, hey, this guy over here is, is letting his camels graze on my land. And the Taliban would, like, have a little trial and, and resolve it. And, and the government, the central government in Kabul, they were completely indifferent to the average peasant's uh, mm. problems and struggles. And the Taliban guys just kind of played it up and became like a, a government in exile or a shadow government. So you're saying that in certain cases, uh, it's it's like uh, uh, like the mafia when uh, or, or drug dealers will, cartels will, you know, help with local affairs or they'll build a school or, or something like I, that. I think that's exactly it. And, you know, it's funny you should say that, but there's a lot of comparisons between uh, the narco traffickers down in Colombia, the FARC, I think they're called, because they are ostensibly a communist movement, but they are also the FR, uh, F-A-R-C, in the right. and drug harvesting business, and they make a lot of money. Well, and you look at the FARC troops, how they're outfitted and equipped versus the government troops of Colombia, it's kind of the same thing. Right. And I had a friend tell me that when the mafia ran Vegas, if you or I went out to Vegas and we were being a jerk and caused Oh, yeah. Boom. They you take care of it. <laughs> right. And I'm not, so I'm not denying anything you're saying. I'm just... Do you? I mean, to whatever extent that's true, and I'm not, I believe you. Do you? But do you think that we still, this administration handled this withdrawal well, given the way it had been brokered by Trump? Well, here's what I want to know: is when we were there training and saying, you know, this battalion or this company of troops or whatever, they meet all the criteria that we can step back and let them run independently without our supervision or us there to guide them on the battlefield. Somebody somewhere passed up reports of the command and said, yeah, this unit is ready. We've trained them. They, they, we've checked all the boxes. They're good to go, ready to launch. We can step back. And if somebody said that and we see these uh, pathetic performance of the Afghan guys. But that's, but that's not what we're hearing. That's, that's really not what we're hearing. What we're hearing is that they were getting the exact opposite message, that they're not ready, and that if we pull out and we don't do it in some kind of measured way, the Taliban is going to run across the terror, which ex- that's exactly what they've done. So I, well, My take on that is if Milley, General Milley, told Biden we don't need to do this, if we back out, this whole thing's going to implode, and Biden went ahead and did it, then Milley should resign. And if Milley told Biden to go ahead and do it, Hey, don't worry about it. It'll be okay. Not a right. big deal. Uh, Millie should resign too because he gave bogus intel. You know. Right. I, I, I got to go though. I'm just I'm just out of time, and I'll, I'll pick it up from there when I get back. But thank you for the call. Thank you for your service. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk five fifty KTSA and FM one zero seven one. And we're back, and again, uh, we're kind of in a holding pattern. Uh, there is a, a, a Pentagon press conference expected or briefings expected soon. And when that happens, we'll go to the, go to that live, and, and we'll, Chris, we'll listen as long as we can stand. <laughs> as long as we can keep our lunch down, you know. As long as I can keep my smoothie down, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see what they have to say. Yesterday was just a long damn day. 
And we had a guy uh, just called a few minutes ago. I was talking about you know the fa- failure of uh, the Afghan military and security forces and the government in 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 certain it's in certain at certain levels. And you know, I, I, I well, all I know is that we're hearing from a lot of other folks. There was this guy in the British Parliament yesterday that served over there. Uh, alongside uh, some uh, of the uh, of the Afghan military, saying, "Well, you know, they they fought pretty hard for twenty years. They they lost more uh, people in one year than we lost in the entire twenty. And and th- that having been said, you you still have to look at the way this withdrawal. And I'm not saying we should have stayed there another twenty freaking years." But there was a plan in place, a plan in place to make sure none of our equipment fell into their hands, right, which they now have pretty much absconded with in in its entirety, to which Nancy Pelosi uh, said, well, that's that's what happens when you withdraw, like she knows. And... uh, you know, our policy in that regard was we asked them to give it back. <laughs> you had a a plan for withdrawal in place where the military were the last folks to leave. And all of the equipment either would have been transported back here or destroyed, right? Or And uh, along with that, this was a conditional withdrawal where you would have gotten all of the American citizens and their partners, if you will, their colleagues from in-country, out, out of that country before the military is. And this is all done under the, the umbrella of the leverage of saying one American is harmed. And, I, you know, I'll, I, Trump told the uh, leader, the particular leader, I can't even think of his name, of, uh, of the Taliban right now in-country. And he said, you know, I know where your, where your village is. One American's harmed, and I'm taking out your village first. And they were kept in place. Now, what their influence was at the village level, I don't know, because it's, I'm sure it is true. You look at, you want to keep your Vietnam uh, corollary going. Uh, if you look at the early days of, of the communists and, and the Khmer Rouge, who would go to these villages, and in a sense try to buddy up to the locals, for the sort of, And, you know, we're, we're facing these evil allies from the West, these, first the French and the Americans. So I, I, I get that, you know, perhaps to a certain extent that was going on at the village level. But, again, our responsibility was to leave, not leave them better equipped than when we got there, talking about the Taliban, by leaving our stuff there, by getting those tens of 40,000, we're hearing, uh, Americans out of that country, And then move the military out. That was the plan. So to sit and listen to the president uh, and uh, everybody else connected with him, just lay it all at the feet of the of the Afghanistan Afghani people, is to me just kind of it's 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 not only nauseating, but my God, it, it, it cannot accept any responsibility for their own actions in this thing. 
They they literally, I mean, I, I didn't believe it at first. But they freaking literally left in the middle of the night and didn't tell anybody? And you're telling me that was the way to handle it. You're telling me that what you saw yesterday uh, from Millie and Austin was something uh, was something uh, uh, you, you were impressed by that. Because I wasn't. I, I was disgusted by what I heard. Because essentially what you're saying is the tens of thousands of Americans who are left behind, well, maybe they'll get out, maybe they won't. There's only so much we could do. But why is that? And I, people, we talk about it on the air, and Trey and I talk about this, and people ask me, you know, what do I think, you know, as far as why this happened the way it did. And I honestly think, and I'm being totally serious, I honestly think that with this this group of people who are currently running the country, that from their perspective, they could not and will not let anything Trump, Trumpian, any Trump plan, any Trump policy survive, merely because it was a Trump policy. The, the plan that was in place for the withdrawal of our troops, of our people from Afghanistan, was the Trump plan, and that had to go. And I guess it didn't, doesn't really matter if tens of thousands of Americans get left behind. I really am starting to think it's that stinking cheap. 210-599-5555. I got to take a break. Uh, Alex, hang on. We'll talk to you when we get back. Uh, 210-599-5555. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean, and the Pentagon briefing has begun. Let's take a listen. Designated safe havens and staging areas in the CENTCOM area of operation. Since the start of evacuation operations on August 14th, we have airlifted approximately 7,000 total evacuees. This increase is reflective of both a ramp up of aircraft and airlift capability faster processing of evacuees, and greater information and fidelity in reporting. If we go back to when the Department of Defense began supporting the State Department with movement of SIVs at the end of July, the cumulative number of people moved out of Afghanistan is somewhere near 12,000. That number includes American citizens, U.S. Embassy personnel, individuals designated by the State Department as SIV applicants, and other evacuees in coordination with the State Department. We're ready to increase throughput and have scheduled aircraft departures accordingly. We intend to maximize each plane's capacity. We're prioritizing people above all else, and we're focused on doing this as safely as possible with absolute urgency. We have not experienced any security incidents nor interference since my last update. We continue to recognize the inherent danger of operating in this environment, but our service members in Kabul remain agile, professional, and are postured to continue mission and to respond if required. On this topic, as we look at the last 24 hours, F-18s from the Ronald Reagan Carrier Strike Group flew armed overwatch flights over Kabul to ensure enhanced security. We maintain a watchful eye and are continuously conducting in-depth assessments to protect the safety of Americans. We will use all of the tools in our arsenal to achieve this goal. 
I want to reinforce that we are absolutely focused on this mission of national importance. We are committed to the safe evacuation of as many people as quickly and as safely as possible. In Haiti yesterday, eight United States Army helicopters, three uh, CH-47 Chinooks, and five UH-60 Blackhawks from Southcom's JTF Bravo out of Honduras repositioned to launch and support operations in support of Haiti earthquake operations. Those assets have already started moving disaster relief personnel and supplies and supported JTF Haiti's assessment of airfields and roads throughout the area. A CH-47 completed a partial move of about 60% of a field hospital, uh, which we believe the rest of the field hospital will be airlifted today. The U.S. Coast Guard continues its life-saving missions, and again, all of the helicopters involved will be on airlift missions to ease the suffering and to get people and capabilities where they need to be. As you know, the USS Arlington is now underway and expected to arrive later this week to provide additional lift and medical capabilities and serve as another resource for the people of Haiti. Finally, special tactics airmen assigned to the Special Operations Wing are currently augmenting the life-saving and humanitarian aid efforts in Haiti and are responsible for conducting various airfield surveys to, to determine suitability for bringing in follow-on humanitarian aid via airlift. Thank you very much. That was Army Major uh, General uh, Hank Taylor, Joint, C Joint Staff Deputy Director for Regional Operations, talking not only about Afghanistan and Kabul, but also our efforts in Haiti, uh, humanitarian efforts in Haiti. Uh, and, you know, I... I uh, yeah, they're going to keep going. I guess we'll keep going for a couple more minutes. Salman bin Hamed al-Khalifa, Deputy Supreme Commander and Prime Minister. Uh, and uh, this afternoon, the Secretary will be uh, welcoming, welcoming him welcoming uh, His Excellency Dr. Khalid bin Mohammed al-Atiyah, Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of State of Defense Affairs for the State of Qatar uh, here in the building. Uh, we'll issue a readout for each of those events uh, later today. And with that, we'll start taking questions. I think, Bob, you're on the phone, yeah? That's the uh, Pentagon yes, Press Secretary, John Kirby. Uh, General Taylor said that there were 12 C-17 Aircraft departed with um, evacuees over the past 24 hours, which is um, a smaller number than the previous 24 hours, I believe. My question is regarding um, with the, the clock running down on toward August 31st, um, does Secretary Austin believe that it will be necessary to extend the deadline? I know that it's not his call, but has he recommended that the deadline of August 31st be extended? Uh, Bob, uh, you heard the secretary yesterday uh, say that we're we're very focused on making sure uh, we get as many people out as possible and as fast as possible, um, and uh, and we're working on that very diligently. Uh, as you heard the the general's update, um, uh, it, and you also heard the, the president say that that uh, that if he believes uh, that there's a, a need. Uh, to alter the timeline that, uh, you know, that, that he would revisit that uh, at the appropriate time. What we're focused on right now, Bob, is uh, head down, 
shoulder to the wheel, trying to get as many people out as possible, as quickly as possible. Uh, and I think, uh, I think I'll leave it at that. Tara. Thank you. A follow-up to Bob's question. Um, since the president has left the door open to troops possibly staying past August 31st, yeah. has Admiral Baisley begun conversations with his Taliban counterpart <coughs> to make sure that if troops do stay, they will not come under attack? I don't know with that level of detail uh, what conversations Admiral Vasely is having with his uh, counterpart out, out in town. Um, again, our focus right now, there has been no decision to change the deadline. And we are focused on doing everything we can inside that deadline to move as many people out as possible. Um, and if and when there's a decision to change that, uh, then obviously that would require additional conversations uh, with the Taliban uh, as well. But I don't believe that those conversations have happened at this point. And as a follow-up on the low-pass flights by the F-18s, um, do they have authorization to uh, fire if U.S. troops or allies come under attack? These are not low-pass flights, Tara. They're at altitude. As the general brief, they're overwatch. And, and, and in this case, the general briefed F-18 flights, but there are other aircraft uh, that uh, General McKenzie and Admiral Vasely have at their disposal to provide this kind of overwatch. So they're not low passes. Um, and I would only, to your second question, I would simply say, as always, we have the right to defend ourselves, our people, and our operations. Jeez. How many F-18s are there? And I guess was, were they, was there a specific reason, or did you see something that led you to move them, or was it just, well, we have them, so why not? No. Yeah, good question. Just going back, these were not uh, low passes. These are uh, providing air support, and this isn't anything new. The, as we know, the, the Ronald Reagan has been there providing support. So these F-18s uh, are flying more than just yesterday. These were continuously in support, and part of the assets that I briefed early on uh, that were always available uh, to the CENTCOM commander. So they've been providing Overwatch since. Always. But you mentioned them today because... Just to give an update uh, of specifically the type of capability that the commanders on the ground continue to have to do, uh, just Mr. Kirby, to ensure that we can provide that self-defense uh, and assets to the commander. Uh, also, Idris, uh, there had been some reporting out there that there were low passes and that, and that uh, there was some sort of shows of force, and I think we felt it was important for the general to provide some context about what is happening in the air and why. And that's why well, we mentioned it today. I don't think you're going to get a daily update from us about every aircraft uh, and every flight plan, but uh, we felt that given the context of some of the erroneous reporting out there yesterday that we wanted to clear that up. Jen. Um, John, are you receiving credible threats um, against U.S. forces at the airport that if you don't leave by a certain date that al-Qaeda or other groups will begin attacking the airport? I won't speak to intelligence assessments one way or the other, Jen. Um, obviously, uh, force protection is a high priority. You heard that in the general's uh, opening comments as well. Uh, we're always evaluating the threat. It's, a, it's not only a day-by-day -day thing. It's an hour-by-hour -hour thing. We know that this is a, a still a perilous environment. Um, and all I can tell you is that uh, we're going to do everything that we can. Uh, to make sure that uh, we can protect our force, protect the people that we're trying to move on to the airport and protect their movement out of Kabul, as well as protect the entire operation at the Air Force. You heard the Secretary talk about the need to be able to defend the airport. So it's something we're looking at literally hour by hour. 
And General Taylor, uh, British paratroopers are leaving the airport going into Kabul to uh, rescue and evacuate some of their citizens uh, who are trapped, can't get to the airport because of the Taliban. Why isn't the U.S. doing that? At this time, as uh, I said, our main mission continues to be to secure HKI to allow uh, those American citizens and other SIVs uh, to come in and be processed uh, at the airfield. And just to follow up, how are you fueling your planes, the C-17s that are going out? Are you now in a position that you have to buy fuel from the Taliban? Um, the assets uh, on HKI, uh, on the airfield, are uh, what we need uh, to maintain the operations, all operations, to support the mission. So that's a no, you're not buying fuel from the Taliban? There, there is, there is um, plenty of fuel su sustainment capability at uh, Hamid Karzai uh, Airport. And as you know, Jen, we also have the ability uh, of our, uh, on our own, our logistics ability to, to fuel our aircraft as needed. Courtney? Uh, I'm still a little unclear about the F-18s. I mean, why do you have armed F-18s? What, what, can you explain a little bit more about about sure. what, the, what Overwatch means, what exactly it is that they're doing or providing? Sure. I'll let the general talk to that, but sure. Um, the ability to provide close air support is something that needs to be immediate if a, a condition uh, on the ground ever required that. So as prudent military operations, we ensure there are always assets available uh, so that the commander, if required... Um, I'll go ahead and uh, we'll take a break. I don't think we're going to get any more information just yet. We'll kind of monitor it and see if anything new comes up. It's interesting, though, one of the questions asked... Uh, in that British military personnel are going beyond the airport to bring uh, British citizens to the airport. And the general uh, was asked, uh, why aren't we doing that? Major Army Major General William, uh, or Hank Taylor, rather, Joint, uh, Joint Staff Deputy Director for Regional Operations, and uh, kind of hemmed and hawed, didn't really say much about it. Uh, said that we're central, we're, we're focused on the airport, and uh, that's it, basically is what he said. Let's take a break, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. this is Trey Ware. Stay connected with News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071 on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. And we're back, News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. We're kind of monitoring this Pentagon press conference. Essentially, what we're hearing, what we heard from the general and John Kirby, is that the airport's secure. Right, Chris? The airport's secure. We've moved about 5,000 people out. We have F-16s flying overhead. Right? Is that what he, they said? I believe it was F-16. F uh, F-18. F F-18s. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're doing the best they can. And, uh, again, we heard kind of the same thing we heard yesterday from the president, that when we get to the uh, the, the deadline uh, late in September, uh, well, we'll reevaluate where we are at that point. I think the most interesting question we've heard thus far was uh, a reporter brought up that British military were going out of the airport and getting British citizens to bring them back inside the airport. The very obvious question being, well, why aren't we doing that? And, you know, the, the answer given uh, by the general was, well, we're focused on the airport. So, 210-599-5555. Here's Alex. Alex, how you doing? Alex, you there? 
Here's Doug. Doug, how you doing? Morning, Sean. How's hey, going? Pretty good, man. What do you think? Hey, uh, I was listening to the Pentagon, Pentagon briefing, and I couldn't help but remember the end of the movie Animal House when John Belushi and the boys were, they had uh, infiltrated the homecoming parade, <laughs> and everything was crashing and going going to hell around them and busting up, and there was chaos, and there's this young kid in the ROTC screaming, don't panic, all is well. And he had this horrified look on his face, screaming, all is well, all is well. And that's what I was thinking when I was listening to these. Things. Yeah, because we're not exactly seeing images that that demonstrate the airport is secure, right? I mean, it's, that's, you know. Do we, do we see a lot that's showing a lot of leadership in the administration and today's military. Um, it's sad. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. It's very disturbing. I got one more, got one more question. Has anybody seen that the vice president is planning a trip in all the middle of this to yep. Vietnam? What the hell She's going to Singapore and Vietnam. I think she leaves on Saturday. Uh, I, I don't know, man. They're, I tell you what, they're, they're, they're keeping her out of sight, man. Yeah, that that was handled about forty five years ago. But anyway, I'm out, buddy. Have a All good right. day. Thank you, you too. Yeah, they're keeping her way out of sight, man. Yeah, she can't. She she's uh, still going to make her trip to Vietnam, which is kind of kind of an interesting place to visit right now. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll kind of keep listening to the, uh, the the press briefing here from the Pentagon and see if uh, we learn anything new. I don't suspect we will. They're in question and answer period right now. And uh, we're kind of hearing the same stuff over and over again. The airport's secure. We're getting five. We got five thousand people out. We get five thousand people out a day. They were asked how they're fueling their planes, and like, well, we got plenty of fuel. We can fuel our planes. It was asked uh, if they are buying fuel from the Taliban, which they denied fairly uh, heavily. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Let's take a break. It's Sean on Newstalk five fifty KTSA. What did you think when you first saw those pictures? What I thought was we're, we have to gain control of this. We have to move this more quickly. We have to move in a way in which we can take control of that airport. And we did. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. Uh, it's the second hour of the Sean Show, and we're kind of monitoring uh, this press conference in the Pentagon with John Kirby, the press secretary for the Pentagon and uh, uh, Major General Hank Taylor uh, on ongoing efforts to get folks out of uh, Kabul. Well, they're focused on the airport. This is what we're hearing over and over again. Uh, They were asked why British military are able to leave the airport and get British citizens back. Uh, And uh, the Major General basically responded, well, you know, we're, we're focused on the airport. Uh, John Kirby is now talking, Admiral John Kirby, and he's uh, saying we're, we're continuing to talk with the Taliban. And uh, blah, 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 blah. 210-599-5555. We also have uh, another breaking story that uh, uh, Capitol Police are looking at a suspicious vehicle near the Library of Congress. Uh, bomb threat, yeah, uh, some kind of bomb threat, a suspicious vehicle that might have an explosive on uh, inside. 
the Capitol Police announced this on their Twitter page just a little bit before 10, before we went on the air. Well, I guess it would have been uh, 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock. I can't remember the time difference now at this point. Uh, possible explosive inside a truck in the area. They call it call it a, quote, active bomb threat investigation. Uh, so we're still kind of watching that as well, seeing what happens there. Uh, 210-599-5555. Actually, um, let's take a listen to the press conference just for a couple of more minutes, and then we'll go to the phones, right. see if we're hearing anything American new. American citizens versus SIVs, what proportion are women as well? I don't have a gender breakdown, uh, Jen. Um, of the 2,000 um, uh, over the last 24 hours, I, I think uh, nearly 300 of them were uh, Americans, and that includes legal permanent residents. It includes... Uh, it includes obviously American citizens as well as family members, um, and that's going to every day it's going to change. But I, I don't have a gender breakdown of what the manifests are on a daily basis. And does the U.S. government recognize the Taliban as the legitimate government of Afghanistan now? That's a question for the State Department. The Defense Department is focused on conducting this non-combatant evacuation. Um, a question and a clarification: um, Are you seeing more throughput of individuals who are able to access the airport? Are you seeing more people being able to access the airport over the last 24 hours? We have seen, um, by opening up another gate, uh, by adding consular officers now, um, uh, we believe that we will soon begin to see uh, an opening up of the aperture, uh, and we're hopeful that that means uh, a more consistent increase in the flow. But I, I can't tell you right as we speak here, Louis, that there's been some dramatic rise. I mean, we've got additional consular officers now at these additional gates with additional troops helping the consular officers. Um, and so I, I, I think we're poised to see an increase, but I want to be careful before I make predictions uh, what we're trying to do. That would be a no, Chris, drive, I'm thinking. Uh, <laughs> That's very much on everybody. News Talk 550 KTSA. I mean, I, 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 we can keep listening to this, but they're, they're going in circles right now. Uh, he was asked, you know, uh, what's the gender breakdown? How many women are you getting out? You know, because they, they, they claim they're getting between five and seven thousand people out. Or they have all to, altogether between five and seven thousand people. John Kirby said, I can't give you a breakdown, gender breakdown. Chris, is that because there's so many genders? I don't know. So again, not, not a, not a lot of information, uh, but we'll keep, uh, keep our ears open and see if we hear anything new that we think needs to be passed on, passed on to you. 210-599-5555. Here's Alex. Alex. I'm hey. I'm hey. 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 Okay. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not General George S. Patton, but I know a freaking military strategist didn't think of this freaking withdrawal at all. Right. It was, dude, at some point, you have to look at the elephant in the room, okay? And the elephant in the room is this is all being done on purpose. We had Bagram Air Force Base there, okay? Right. Heavily fortified, well-organized, protected. They Long, and, and big, big honking runways. You can land anything, right? Yes, and they walked out in the middle of the night, okay? <laughs> this is the Demorats, okay? And that's why I call them Demorats. They did it in Vietnam. They've done it. They did it in Benghazi, and now they've done it in Afghanistan. And now we're having pressers, you know, to to cover our butts. Okay, that's all this is is a cover our butt. Pressure. Why do you that's think? Because this is the big question. This is this is kind of the elephant in the room. Why do you think? Either it would be on purpose, or they botched it so horribly. 
is it pure incompetence uh, or is it there's some kind of purpose to it? There's purpose to it. They left billions and billions of dollars of weaponry behind them, and they know what's going to be done with that weaponry. Everything these people do is against the American people and against freedom because they hate freedom. Okay? Right. That's what the, the underlying story really is. Everything they do, everything they touch, mm. they destroy. Well, I, I agree with you there. We, we were talking about on Ware and Rima, you know, uh, and I said basically, well, if their purpose is to destroy this country, they're doing a bang-up job. They're really doing an excellent job. Exactly. It's a shame. Yeah. And you know what the bigger shame of it is? Yeah. Is that the American people are sitting back on their butts going, well, what should we do about it? <laughs> it's like cancer, dude. When you find out you have cancer, you do everything you can to get rid of it. Right. Okay? I agree. Hey, I got to run, man. I appreciate the call. And, and, you know, Chris and I were talking about this during one of the breaks. Did you tomorrow is it tomorrow that we're in we begin the seventh month of this administration? Seven months, man. Think about that. Seven months. And and I again I have to keep going back to the idea because it's really mind boggling. Again, when you had a plan in place to withdraw from Afghanistan that was working. And kept the Taliban in check. And would have got us out of there without any equipment left behind. We would have, we would not be, not, not be scrambling now to get all these people to, first off, to an airport that is a pretty subpar airport, apparently, from what I understand, past a ring of Taliban surrounding this thing. You know, you, you would have had them out before the military left. So we, what's the plan here? What's the dealio? What was the point? What was the plan? What, why why bust a plan or, or scrap a plan that was working? And the only thing I can the only conclusion I can come to is because it was it was a Trump plan, and you can't have anything Trump still left over. We were we, we were reading. I didn't I haven't talked about it yet on the on the air today, but uh, we, we found this memo June eleventh about uh, this crisis response bureau that uh, that Mike Pompeo your former secretary of state had uh, had 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 put together that was a, a crisis response just like it says a crisis response bunch of folks uh with the means and the munitions and the supplies to go into a situation like we find ourselves in now in 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 Kabul and get people out and on June 11th they began to dismantle that the Biden administration why <laughs> Why? You know, I so I, I don't know, man. Strange days. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Here's Steve. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing well, sir. What do you what are you thinking? Obama delivered millions of dollars in cold hard cash on pallets to the tarmac. Biden, fraudulent President Biden has delivered millions of dollars of munitions on the tarmac. Hmm. The bottom line is these Democrats do what they do without a care in the world because they know the enemy media or no one else is going to hold them responsible. 
Whenever Democrats are in charge of anything, America suffers, the American people suffer, the, the world suffers, and the people of the world suffer. This is going to have horrific results for the next, I don't know how many years, for not just the United States of America. Get ready, folks. It's coming. But for the for the planet as well. This mm. is this is this is horrific. This is nightmarish. But again, I my, my, my the question I keep coming back to is why? Is it pure incompetence? Is it, do they want uh, America to have a weaker position on the world stage? Uh, you know what 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 is this about? Why is this happening? Is what I'm interested in. Is it really as cheap? Can it really be so ego based that they scrapped the Trump plan simply because it was the Trump plan? My my thinking is that they did that, but the the driving force behind all of it, these people are evil. Right. Democrats are evil with evil intent. I mean, you have a good plan, and for evil reasons, you say, you know, we 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 can't do that. We we can't do that out of out of spite, which is which is evil. Right. Yeah, I agree. I, I got to run, Steve. Uh, thank you as usual, yeah. man. We appreciate it. Rock and roll. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Let's take a break. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. This is Jamie Markley. Stay connected with News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071 on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. The Pentagon briefing has wrapped up. And now we're uh, following this story out of D.C., uh, where Capitol Police are investigating an active bomb threat. There's a strange vehicle near the Library of Congress. So, uh, hey, <laughs> welcome back to the world. Phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. Just to recap again, the briefing, they're getting about, they claim they're, the airport is secure. They're getting between five and 7,000 people out a day, or they've, no, they've gotten a total of 7,000 people out. They're claiming they can get 5,000 people out a day. Uh, the They have an extra gate they've opened up. The gates are secure. Uh, and, uh, and that's about it. As far as pure info, that's about it. They've got overreach flights with F-18s just in case something happens, they say. Uh, and, uh, again, I think the most interesting part for me of what I caught from this thing was when, uh, they were asked, uh, you know, uh, we know the British military are getting British citizens outside the airport, inside the airport. They're going out and getting them. Why aren't we doing that? And, uh, Major General Hank Williams couldn't, did I say Hank Williams? I did, didn't I? <laughs> Your cheat. He responded with your cheating heart. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, Major General Taylor said uh, uh, well, we're, we're focused on the airport, so he didn't really answer that question. Let's go to the phones. Major General Hank Williams. <laughs> He'd probably do a better job. Uh, Mike, you're on Newstalk 550 KTSA. What are you thinking? Hey, uh, listen, guy, I, I just heard somebody say something on a, uh, another radio station. I listened to another talk show. And you know something? Because it, it, it looks like we have a compromised president. Do you do, He put it together. Do you realize he's saying that 
We know that the China, Chinese government stole the election for Joe Biden. And guess what? We know that the Chinese have interest in Iraq. And I mean, Afghanistan. Afghanistan. He, said, he said, this guy here said that he thinks that, because you can tell by the way Biden is acting, he won't take no questions. This guy is compromised. He said that in, in return I, for them giving him the election, Joe Biden has given them Afghanistan. That's why he's not putting Well, I, 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 I respect my colleague, and thanks for bringing him up, but I, 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 that's pretty much what I think, too. To a certain extent. Well, I mean, China has, within hours of this disaster in Afghanistan, we're saying, because I guess they've been doing a lot of mining in, in Afghanistan for a long time. Man, Afghanistan is also, like, the biggest producer of opium <laughs> on planet stinking Earth. China, one well, of the initial reactions they had were to gloat over the humiliation of uh of America and then to say that they're you know they're they're already in conversation with the Taliban. Uh here's Kirk. Captain James D. Kirk. I'm kidding. Kirk, how you doing, man? <laughs> That's the first time I've heard that today. <laughs> <laughs> you get that a lot, do you? <laughs> Thank you very much. Hey I got a possibility. It's, I just want to entertain throw the idea out there. I mean it's something that kind of raises its head once in a while and then kind of goes away but you got to think about who's who's benefiting from a destabilized government anywhere i mean there's there's there are people who benefit from this well who do you think you can throw all those kind of ideas out there china would be one of them but there's also there's very very strong belief in a lot of people's minds that you know there's a strong push towards a, a one world government and uh, in order to have a one-world government, what do you have to do first? <laughs> got to destabilize everybody. And you got to get rid of all the other governments. <laughs> right. You realize I had to put on my tinfoil hat to come up with that. But no, you didn't. Not at all. That's actually quite a, and I appreciate the call. It's quite a reasonable uh, assumption right now based upon what we're seeing. Um, here's Mark. Mark, how you doing? Uh, this whole thing making us look weak. You know, there's groups, of course, out there ready to, to take advantage of us and that and our projected weakness. So who knows? This this could be a car bomb in D.C. going on right now. And did you hear? It's not being covered in the national news, but the Holloman Air Force Base was attacked last night. Multiple vehicles trying to crash through the main gate. That I hadn't heard about. Wow! I'll yeah, look into look that. The bad yeah. guy, well, I think the bad guys are on the move. We we had some of our border people telling us, border officials saying, you know, the Taliban and terrorists, fundamentalist Islamic terrorists, have been coming across that border uh, for months. So the bad guys are on the move. I appreciate the call. I mean, this really could be one world government stuff, you know? Because uh, I that's what I wrestle with. Because I, you know, I, I like to. Yeah, I, I want to find a reason for stuff. You know what I mean? That's kind of how my brain works. So I, even if it's a, an evil plot by villains, I, I want to know w- what their Benny is. Why? What's their payoff? Why do what you're doing? To what ends? What do you gain by it? And so watching the actions of this current administration, which pretty much, and, and you know this because you follow this stuff, pretty much on every issue they've taken on, they have, it's been a disaster for America. What's happening in Afghanistan is a disaster for America. For the rest of the stinking world, too, but for America as well. 
Uh, the open border has been a disaster for America. The COVID response has been a disaster for America. Uh, the economic policies have been disastrous for America. So, you know, we, 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 is it is it because they're just so freaking awful at their jobs, or is this what they want to have happen? That's the question of the day. You know, it might actually end up being the question of the century. You know, what's at play here? And we talk about it quite a bit. Are they bad at being good or good at being bad? Well, there you go. Give that man a prize. Precisely. Because, again, if you wanted to destroy the country, they're doing an excellent job of it. They're very, very good at it. 210-599-5555. Where are we? Let's take one more. Here's Javier. Javier, how you doing? Good morning, Sean. Hey, what are you uh, thinking? I just, I, just, I just wanted to say this. Who benefits the most from leaving our equipment there? Besides the, the crazy Democrats, but I'm just going to share this with you. Who's going to benefit? The defense contractors, and they're in the pockets of everybody in the cabal. And so I just wanted to share that with you. So you, you, you ditch the equipment so you can order more equipment. Exactly, sir. Exactly. Huh. I thought about it from that perspective. Yes, sir. And it, and it was at the trillions. So trust me, I can assure you that it, the defense contractors are salivating right now in the right. pockets of both sides of the aisle. Right. Thank you very much. All Bye-bye. right. Thank you. And uh, you know, one other thing that we, we that we came out of this Pentagon briefing is that we are they claim that we are the Pentagon is in communications with the Taliban. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Let's take a break. It's Sean on News Talk five fifty KTSa. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. It's 10.38. Uh, obviously, you're thinking about Afghanistan, but also now uh, monitoring uh, a situation uh, in, in D.C. near the Library of Congress where a suspicious vehicle is being investigated as an active bomb threat. Portents of things to come. I don't know, man. Signs and portents. We've been letting bad guys across the border for you know all these months since Biden got his feeble ass into office by cheating, I believe. September 11th coming up. Twenty uh, the twenty year anniversary of September 11th. First off, isn't that hard to believe? So uh, you know. That's kind of the gold standard for bad guys, the terrorists, man, is to do stuff on September 11th, so I don't know. Here's Mateo. Mateo, you're on News Talk 550 KTSA. What are you thinking? Um, you know, I'm thinking about um, what Carlson's been saying a lot about the generals not being able to fight a war. And when, you know, Taliban, they take them back to Afghanistan, and I'm wondering, like, where did these tens of thousands of soldiers just appear from? Uh, Taliban, you mean? Yes, you know they just they just you know came out of nowhere and they just took the country back. You know we, I thought we were there to kill them, and I think what under well, the Trump administration we pretty much greased most of the leadership, and they were under the understanding that they can't really move and do a whole lot of stuff, or we'll or we'll just grease them, kill them. So I don't think that it's that they that they went away. Uh, they just weren't out and about. 
and now they have free reign over the country for the most part. And uh, they're about the uh, bloody business of exacting revenge. And, uh, you know, we're, the, the, during the Pentagon press conference, they were actually asked, Kirby was asked and the Major General were asked, if, you know, you're considering the Taliban to be now the established government of Afghanistan. And they really didn't answer that question. So they they, they never left. I think they just, and, and they probably have come in from other countries surrounding them as well. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're here and they're, they're about it. So, yeah, anyway, yeah. I appreciate the call. 210-599-5555. I gotta, you know, just, uh, gonna lighten it up here a bit just for you, you know, cause it's, it's doom and gloom all the time here, uh, unfortunately with the news of the day. But just in case you were wondering about like convicts and inmates in prison or lockup, in Wisconsin, at a Wisconsin jail, in uh, uh, Madison, uh, Dane County, Sheriff Calvin Barrett has decided in his jail it will no longer be allowed to refer to inmates or convicts as inmates or convicts because of the stigma that increases barriers when re-entering society. And so now uh, they will be called residents or, quote, those who are in our care. Three hots in the cot. Those who are in our care because, according to the sheriff, uh, this is a small step to give an incarcerated individual a, quote, sense of belonging. Because that's what they need. They need a sense of belonging. So they will now call, they will not call them inmates. They will not call them convicts. They will now refer to them as residents. You know, like you're at the Motel 6 or something. They'll leave a light on for you. Or, uh, you know, those who are in our care. I'm going to go home and get my wife to start calling me that. Baby, from now on, I want you to call me one who is in your care. Because I want a sense of belonging. And, uh, you know, you calling me dumbass all the time is uh, starting to wear on me. And I need a sense of belonging. She doesn't call me dumbass. I'm kidding. Well, sometimes she does. I would like to now be referred to a person in her care. Because that was keeping you up at night, wasn't it? Chris, what, Don, wasn't that keeping you up at night? You know, convicts not having a sense of belonging in, like, the local jail? Well, here they feel pretty... We, here we just let them go. So, you know, it's it's there's really not enough time for them to develop a sense of belonging here because, well, we just let them out. We don't want them getting the COVID. But in, in, uh, in Wisconsin, they'll now be called residents or those who are in our care. And you could compromise her and be dumbass in her care. I'm the dumbass in her care. Maybe. <laughs> I don't get the... You know, what? Those who are in our care? Those who are in our care. That's what the sheriff's deputies will refer to the dudes in the cages. Hey, you. Hey, you. Those who is in my freaking care. Make your freaking bed. <laughs> I mean, we've lost our minds, man. Bed's just... in my care, too. Be- yeah, yeah. Make sure that cell's nice and neat. You who is in my care. 
There may be no lunch for you. Hey, there won't be any bedtime stories later. You keep it up. <laughs> I'm just so sick of everything. You'll have to find somebody else to tuck you in and give you a kiss on the forehead. You keep that up, mister. Well, that's I find what my, one that's, more that's shank what my in your cell. That's does. What? <laughs> I find one more shank. It's over. It's a No yourself. more story time for you. No more story time. Do not care for the shanks. <laughs> I'm just so sick of everything. What is wrong with this world? I'm serious. I, I need a frog umbrella at this point, I think. You know, I'm just, the locusts and the frogs are coming. I'm starting to buy into what, you know, what a lot of the end times folks are saying. The thing, you know, we're there. JC's on the way back, you know. Antichrist is going to be kicking some ass. You know, forces of evil are going to sweep the world or, you know, sweep over the world. And, and you're going to need a locust and frog umbrella to keep that crap off the top of your head. And, you know, make sure you put your car under a tarp. For all those falling frogs and locusts. For revelations in our care. <laughs> revelations in our care. Because <laughs> stuff's getting weird, man. <laughs> Stuff is getting so freaking weird. But it's okay because Jennifer Lopez grabbed Ben Affleck's ass, and that made the news. So there you right. go. I'll have, to, I'll have to send you a link to the song I heard a few years ago. Which is what? It's uh, it's by the Bellamy Brothers. Uh-huh. Remember them? Oh, yeah. It's called Jesus is Coming and Boy is He Pissed. <laughs> Sounds like a sequel, doesn't it? (laughs) Jesus is back, and he's pissed. (laughs) I gave you a simple love on each other, and this is what you do with it? I just said, spread the love, don't be a jerk, be merciful and crap, and this is 2,000 years later. This is the best you can do. (laughs) The Son of God is now a son of... No, no. No, no, Chris. No. But it is funny. He's coming back and he's pissed. Right. 210-599-5555. It's a great song. I'll have to check it out. All right. If you don't love Jesus, go to hell. Remember your Billy Joe Shaver. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Jesus is coming. And boy, is he pissed. He's looked down at the homeless. Wow. News Talk 550 KTSA. Who's that by again? Bellamy Brothers. Bellamy, Bellamy, Bellamy Brothers. Jesus is coming back and he's pissed. Well, I imagine he is. <laughs> We've made a bit of a mess of things, haven't we? Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It took these two stoners from Florida to tell us all about it. <laughs> a couple of stoners from Florida, the Bellamy, Bellamy Brothers. Right, right. Uh, let's go to the phones. Here's uh, Alex. How you doing, Alex? Hi. Hey. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. You know, uh, it's funny that Biden got himself in this situation that he's not going to be able to get out of, but he does have an ace in the hole. He says his son is the smartest man that he knows in the world. Oh. Call up Hunter. Call up Hunter. Maybe Hunter can get us out of this. Maybe That's Hunter can advise him on uh, on uh, uh, how to uh, you know resolve this situation in between hits of his crack pipe. Yeah, anyway, thank you. Yeah, that was. Uh, he, look, I'm going to be totally honest with you. Joe Biden is complete. I, I don't know what he ever was valid with me, but he's completely un- invalidated to me as far as anything he says. 
you know, throwing the, the, the Afghans under the bus the way he has, blaming Trump. Ugh, it's disgusting, man. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Here's Sam. Sam the man. How you doing, Sam? Good morning, dumbass in her care. How are you? <laughs> Pretty good, man. <laughs> hey, I got I got a question for you because I know you go to the doctor as often as maybe maybe more than me. Uh, do they check your oxygen level? You know, they put that little thing on your finger to check your oxygen level. Uh, yeah, they were when I was there. Yeah. Okay, and to me, this is what they do to me, uh, sir. Uh, can you take your mask off? And I was there, why? And now I know why. I mean, after the first time. So that way your oxygen level can come up to, to a normal level. And about one minute, it comes up to normal, and they go, okay, you can put your mask back on. Thank you. <laughs> you put the mask back okay. on, and suddenly you're not getting as much oxygen. So my thing is, you know, with this mask mandate, you know, for schools, mm. if we're depriving the children of normal levels of oxygen, isn't that a form of child abuse? I think forcing them to wear the masks against their parents' wishes if their parents, you know, don't want them. Making a kid wear a mask for eight hours a day while they're in school, I think, is is horrible. Yes, yeah, and I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. See, the, and I, I, you know, you know where I am on the mask. I don't. I think the masks don't. I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't think they do a damn thing. I, that's just me. Right. I mean, New York had the highest COVID, and L.A. had the highest COVID when it was at its peak. And guess what? Everybody there had to wear a mask. Mask mandates, right. Unless you were the governor or the mayor, then you didn't have to wear a mask, but, you know. That's right. <laughs> or or if, you flew, if, you, if you were Texas Democrats flying on a plane to D.C., nobody was wearing a mask. <laughs> right, right. No, I agree, man. I got to run. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Sam. Thanks for the call. I hate everything. 210-599-5555. <laughs> Wayne, Wayne, how you doing? I'm doing good, Sean. How are you? Another day in paradise, man. What are you thinking? So I, I've got a good little save gig for you that you could do to make some extra cash. Do you know those machines where you had like a theme park and you put your hands on them and get electric shock? <laughs> well, we need where you, where you gotta right? Where you gotta hold on to them or something like that? Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we need to set you up. And have, you have your bra hanging out of that. My bra. My life vest bra. Pay a dollar. All right, thanks for the call. 210-599-5555. I am Electro. I should become a I said this a few weeks ago. I should become like a like a, like a super villain. Shock people with my defibrillator. Think about that. That'd be fun. Be a super villain. <laughs> this guy wants to make you a sideshow attraction. He wants to make what? Uh, I am not an animal. I'm a human being. All right, two and zero. <laughs> hey, if you want to pick me up, uh, you know, because life is getting you down, make sure you rent the, you know, get get yourself a copy of The Elephant Man by David Lynch. You know, there you go. That'll pick you up. It's a laugh a minute howl fest for two hours. Right. It's the feel good movie of the year. <laughs> the feel good movie of 1981. <laughs> is that William Hurt? William Hurt, right? Uh, it's John Merrick, The Elephant Man. Yeah. I'm a human being. Right. So when you're sad, feeling blue, the elephant man pick you up. Should have poked two holes. In Make it. you feel good about. Life. <laughs> See how you are. Hey Lou, how you doing, man? Good. I want to say something about uh, Pakistan. It was all done on purpose and for three reasons. Uh. They want to humiliate the United States, and Biden's not the president. It's Obama. 
wants to humiliate the United States. They want to blame Trump, and they want to get as many refugees out of uh, Pakistan or Afghanistan. Afghanistan into the United States. Really? They saw everything they were doing. The headquarters for the Taliban is in Pakistan. They saw them staging. They saw them moving across the country. They had two, three, four weeks. They saw them, they saw it coming. Right now, they're moving equipment to Iran and mm. Pakistan. We can see it. They can look into your backyard. Right. They can monitor every last thing you do. They knew every last thing that they were doing. This is a scam. This was done on purpose, and it's going to be a disaster. The China... Uh, now our allies don't trust us. Right. Why should they? Right. That's right. That the the Palestinians and Iran will move on Israel. We won't do anything. And China will move on Taiwan. We won't do a thing. It was all a deal. Yeah. I'm afraid I have to agree with you. I appreciate the call, man. I, I, you know, you know, back in the day, I used to, I used to wonder aloud if people get so mad at me, call me a racist and stuff. Do you think Obama's Al Qaeda? <laughs> you know, I used to say that. I mean, it would be the most exquisite terrorist attack in in human history to install a terrorist as a president. I'm just thinking outside the box here. I, I really think whatever the overall plan was, that Donald Trump was just something completely random and unpredictable that they just did not figure on. And once once uh, Donald Trump got into office, uh, it didn't take him long to show how effective a president can be when they're not thinking politically. They did not count on him. I honestly think, that, and that's why they hated his gut so much, I honestly think they were going to just slide Hillary in there and she would have continued many of the Obama policies. <laughs> yeah. A wicked witch of the West there, a wicked witch of the East, rather. So I don't know, man. We'll uh, we'll continue to follow the events of the day and talk some more about this tomorrow. Thank you, Chris. Thanks to Elaine Rodriguez, our executive producer, Don Morgan, and my good brother, Trey Ware. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.